Welcome to the Greenwich Means Business Podcast. Welcome back to Greenwich Means Business Podcast. Today's episode will be on Pride Month here at the University of Greenwich. My name is Uktai and I'm back as a host this week as well. I used to be uh, a Greenwich business student as well and now I'm um, a business alum working in the sphere of marketing and also part of the LGBTQ plus community. With me today, I have a very special guest who is a student in Greenwich, but he will introduce himself now. Cool. Hi, I'm, I'm Joe. Uh, also, yeah, third year events management student. I'll just finish now. Uh, and then also work at uni in the generator. And I think yeah, that's me. Perfect. So you're graduating now. How's that going? Good. Yeah, I graduate next month. And it's just trying to figure out what to wear. I feel like that's the essential topic for everybody, it's, isn't it's it? It's the standard month lead up is, okay, but what do I wear today? Even though you're going to wear a full gown, like... Even though you'll barely see what I'm wearing. You'll anyway. barely, yeah. yeah. When I when I wore mine, you can barely see the suit. You can only see like half of the sleeve and like. This, yeah, just this your is what feet I'm trying to think. And that's like, it. Yeah. I'll find something. I'm sure. We'll just spice it up and do something this interesting. Is, I, yeah, it's also my thing is that like I want it to look unique. Like I want what? it not. I don't know. I'm thinking very like Sharpay Evans from High School Musical Three when she like graduates with the hat. Very specific reference. It is. Yes. But I'm. Just, yeah, How that's what old I'm are you? I'm 21. You're quite young to know High School Musical. I feel, I, mean, like, I feel like it was more. I'm 26, not to expose my age. <laughs> but I feel like people around my age were sort of very into High School Musical. Yeah. And well, the first one came out in 2006. Wow. So it was, yeah, I was baby. You but, were baby. But it was still Disney Channel. I think this is a perfect segue to speaking about <laughs> gay people <laughs> yeah. and LGBT. Um, so, speaking of that subject, um, let's start sort of from the the ground level mm-hmm. of who we are and um, why we're here. Um, how would you identify yourself? Are so, you part of the community? Yeah, I identify as a cis gay male. Um, yeah. Pretty simple, straightforward. Pretty simple, yeah, pronouns he, him. Um, yeah. How was your, I guess, general experience? Because you're, are you from here? Are you from England? Do you know? Yes, I'm originally from Kent, so Kent. just down the road. I was going to say, very close, yeah. very local. So how was your sort of experience coming to university three years ago as um, a young gay man? Were you out to yourself? Were you out to other people at that point? Yeah, so I came out when I was 13. So I'd been out for quite a, quite a while. Um, so sort of came to uni very much thinking, it's, I, it's just to be entirely honest with that, like, okay, I'll be the gay student, it'll be great. Um, and it was, I mean, yeah, it was very that, like, Freshers was fun. It's, I'm very open about being gay. It's not really something I tried to hide. And especially at Fresh 18, it was very, I was very extra. So it was very obvious. Did you feel secure when you were coming to uni? Because obviously you said, okay, I'm going to be the gay student. I used to, when I came, I wasn't a fully developed individual when it came to the fact that I was gay. Yeah. So I was scared to be the, the gay student. Right. I needed time to get there. Yeah. Um, I studied business management where, I mean, it sounds like I'm so old, but even when I was studying almost 
my first year was almost eight years ago, it was still very much a very masculine perception of business. That, yeah. you know, everybody here has to be very serious. You cannot be very flamboyant. Yeah. So I was terrified of being labeled as the gay student. See, for me, so I studied events management, um, which is a, especially my year was a very female dominated course. Mm. Uh, there were a few other guys and there was another gay guy in my course as well. Um, so that was, that made it, I think, a lot easier because there was sort of like me and my friend Josh and it was great because um, he was also very openly out um, and we were in the same friendship group sort of outside studying. Um, so I, it was definitely something I was aware of before is that security safety issue, especially moving into halls. I think that was what I was more anxious of because obviously you're moving in with five, six other people you don't know. Exactly. Um, so that was something I was concerned about, but very, when I moved in, I was like, okay, it's a nice flat. There was no issues. Was it easier um, than you expected? Coming yeah. out to everybody, speaking about it, living your truth. Yeah, I think it's something I, I like, I do think about it quite a lot when any going into any new sort of situation is, okay, is there going to be any issues? Is there going to be someone homophobic? Is there going to be any like, moments which is going to make me feel awkward and I think I overanalyze it a lot more than a lot of people do so it's always a nice surprise then when it's literally really no issues at all which I think that was yeah especially moving for freshers there wasn't I don't remember any particular issues which was good yeah that's nice I remember as well moving into halls was very anxious for me because mm. I was I feel comfortable a lot around girls yeah. and coming out around girls which I think a lot of gay men can relate to yeah um but i was very nervous about what will the guys be how masculine will they yeah be? absolutely how much can i pass as a straight guy in front of them because i come from a very conservative country where for 19 years i had to pass so i was again i was like oh my god i had to continue playing this game again yeah and then it was so pleasant and amazing when i saw my flatmates everybody from different parts of the world and i think i don't know if you think the same but Everybody sort of expects to have this diversity now. And even yeah. when I came, I feel like everybody sort of expected it to be, <laughs> to have gay people and lesbians and every, you know, everything, the sort of this whole rainbow. So when yeah. people came out, nobody was surprised. Yeah, definitely. And I do think that was, again, expected for events management. I think there was a lot of people who joined being like, oh, well, there's obviously going to be gay guys here. Yeah. And it was like gay guys party planning. It was a very sort of, sort of stereotypical thing. Yeah. But I do sort of, yeah, also agree with that. That people, there was a bit of an expectation of it. How is your experience with academics and other professional services staff mm. in the university when it comes to um, sort of your LGBT identity? Um, because I didn't come out to any of my teachers. Mm. Not that you have to come out to any of your teachers. That's not a requirement. No. It's not a conversation you're supposed to have. It's just certain situations. There comes a moment where you sometimes you get sort of build a friendship with a yeah. teacher and you start speaking about how's your personal life. Mm. I never spoke about that. I didn't feel comfortable for some reason. So I think it was, I can't remember massive, like very openly saying it to like a lecturer or something in first year. Mm. Um, I probably did, to be honest, but I just can't remember it. But second year, I remember it got, it was, I started picking very like, oh no, that's a complete line first year. Yeah, because I did an, one of my assignments, my case study was on like Leeds Pride. Um, so it, it definitely came up, yeah, in first year. 
and all of the staff, especially all of my lecturing staff, are incredible. Um, one of my lecturers is identifies as uh, lesbian, so that and she, I remember in an early lecture, sort of like coming out to us and referring to her wife, and that was. I remember instantly feeling very comfortable around her. It's so good. Because it was just one of those where it's like, oh, okay, I'm brave. There's, there's someone. Yeah. Um, and she ended up being my dissertation supervisor in third year. And so she's been incredible. And all of the, all of the academic staff, especially in my course, yeah. I think all of them know I was gay. All of them know I did drag. Like, it was a very well-known thing. Right. Um, and yeah, they're all incredible. And actually, I don't think there's any staff at the uni I've met at all, even while working here, that have, like, everyone is great. Do you ever feel like you have to keep going back and sort of come out to every new person you meet if it comes to yeah. that topic? Yeah, I think, as queer people, it's something we do, is we, like, you come out once, but you don't actually ever stop. Yeah. Like, there will always be an occasion where you meet someone new, you go into, well, when, I, when I started working here, obviously went into a new office, and it was... You don't, like, I know I don't want it to be a bit of, like, an elephant in the room. Mm. Because I know a lot of people don't feel comfortable asking. So, I'll sometimes draw, like, try to subtly drop it in, but also make it very obvious so that they can pick up on it. Yeah, yeah. Just be like, oh, referencing a boyfriend or something like that. So that it's just, they feel comfortable knowing they don't have to ask. Yeah. But then sometimes I catch myself being like, oh, why am I trying to make other people feel comfortable about my sexuality? Oh, and that's something that actually that I'll think back and I'm like, why am I doing this? I but love it, it now. I love to come out all the time now. Because <laughs> I, I, you know, I started feeling comfortable with it probably around the time I was 23, starting mm -hmm. to graduate, yeah. third year. You sort of, the academic pressure started widening off after the dissertation and, you know, exploring life, exploring other things. And um, I just... I don't know, I started working full-time as well, and obviously yeah. there was a lot more gay people around me, a lot of even more diversity, and there were grown-ups with either families and even children. Yeah. And I sort of, for the first time, because again, coming from a conservative country, seeing fully developed grown-ups mm. who have a very standard life, but just happen to be gay. Yeah. Um, or whatever else they were. and. Since then, I'm just like, I take any opportunity I have to mention it to staff members. Yeah. If they don't know me, I'm like, I, again, I don't even drop the hints. I'm like, I have a boyfriend or yeah, yeah. I am gay just, and that's yeah. it. I think as well, like for me, it's, I am quite like, I don't know if flamboyant is the right word, but it's like, I feel like it's quite obvious a lot of the time mm. with me. So sometimes I feel like I don't need to necessarily say, but I do, I do get what you mean that it's. Sometimes when you meet new people, you're like, I, well, let's just jump straight into this. It's the different experiences that we have. Because I've mm. had in conversations in Greenwich in particular with other LGBT students who've been very um, anti-pride just because their personal experiences have been very easy. Mm. So they don't really know, obviously, the idea of why pride is there. The, you know, pride is based on the protest and the struggles yeah. of other gay people and sort of you know, fighting for even more rights and equality mm. and because their life has sort of been quite easy with it, which is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. They don't see the other perspective of people like me or, you know, other students. Talking about pride, mm -hmm. have you personally, either through Greenwich or just yourself, had any involvement with pride, pride-related events in <laughs> university? Uh, specifically through university, yes. So I've actually done quite a few assignments. I'm doing events, obviously I can pick some case studies. So in first year I did 
like a sponsorship case study on Leeds Pride. Mm. Uh, second year, I did something on Stonewall and Pride, which was really fun. And then in third year, my dissertation was actually uh, analysing Pride events to assess whether they were protest or cultural events using event literature sort of typologies. Um, and I loved it. It was an absolute beast of a project on a very, like, I'm sure you'll agree, very sort of like hot debate yeah. in the queer community of, is Pride still a protest? Mm. And it's, there are so many nuances to Pride that actually make it really interesting to then analyse from like an events perspective. Mm. Um, and that was, so I did multi-stakeholder analysis and I did uh, research with attendees, uh, so just the queer community as a whole, uh, with event, so Pride event organisers, and then with people who represent organisations that sponsor Pride events, as sponsorship is a, is a whole other issue with Pride events. Um, and it was really interesting. And I mean, I got the mark back and I did really well in it. I got a first, so I was nice. chuffed with that. Um, but that's, yeah, specifically through uni and specific Pride events, that's sort of, yeah, my main... Do we have anything to do with societies here that relates to uh, pride organization or sort of internal pride events into the university itself? So there's the LGBT society, uh, which is run since I sort of have always been here. And I know the student union has also launched their liberation networks um, that has a designated like LGBT officer, um, which are incredible. So they do a lot of stuff throughout the year. Um, I think... What do they do? you're asking questions um <laughs> so the liberation network i think mainly focus on more educational things for both staff and students oh internally um, internally oh that's amazing um so i know they did quite a lot during lgbt history month in february mm. uh i think they haven't done as much in june obviously because it's the terms ended students have left the new su is sort of turning over so i think pride month there hasn't been as much on the student side just because it's no one's really here. Um, the LGBT Society does a lot of just sort of socials. So through, since I've been a student, say the what, past four years, there's been like different picnics. I know they went to participate in London Pride one year. Oh, really? Um, on the Pride itself? Yeah, they, I'm pretty sure they marched in the Pride in 2019, I think it was. Right before COVID, probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's different, I know the LGBT society has worked with the Feminist Society and done a lot of drag events um, in the Student Union Bar. Um, so there's, there's been quite a lot of different type of events from, yeah, student-led societies. So going, let's go back to, again, jump back to the beginning. If mm. you're a student and you have all of these societies, how can you find them? If you're a new student particularly, yeah. you feel a bit nervous maybe uneducated, unsure, you want to speak with somebody. Mm. Can you speak to those societies? Who can you speak with? And how can you find those people? Uh, so the main society, I think Freshers' Fair, they'll, they'll be there. So that's probably one of the easiest ways to, to see them in person. Um, I know the LGBT Society has a, a WhatsApp group chat, which is quite active, um, and has built sort of a really nice sort of queer community at Greenwich, uh, like queer students, which is really nice. Um, and I think if you were interested in joining it or finding someone to talk to, it's just going on the Student Union website as well, has all the information of who the, the new president will be, all of this. Um, and I think has like the link to join the WhatsApp group on the website. Mm. Oh no, you have to email, I think, to get the link. But yeah, the information's there, or yeah, during Freshers' Fair, it's probably the easiest ways to connect with other people. Yeah. 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 So, and obviously we have a lot of well-being teams and student services teams mm. so if you any student just go and say that they need some support 
the university is fully supportive and anonymous so yeah. you will receive that support as well absolutely how do you think from your own personal experience or maybe you've heard other stories from other um, lgbt people in greenwich um how can the university itself or teachers or staff members become better allies oh, this is a really difficult question and sorry right <laughs> i think part of it is my personal belief is actually also understanding what it means to be an ally hmm. and actually just having gay friends out not being like just generally saying oh yeah like gay, gay people or even attending a pride that isn't to me an ally an ally to me is someone who will act, who will take that sort of activist stance to protest against things such as the government not passing uh, legislation to ban conversion therapy or then excluding trans people from the ban being an ally means getting invested in those arguments um, or even more just socially so I think part of it is understanding that just because let's say if it's a academic who knew us they can't just be like oh, I'm friends with Octai and Joe I'm an ally eh, for me that's not enough yeah. I think it and that's something they need to understand also to be a better ally I think you need to sort of understand your position within the community and that actually you're there as support. So don't take those voices away from the table and listen to what queer people are saying. Yeah. And like in those conversations, don't... It's more like, I don't know how to word it without... Yeah, I think just understanding sort of your position in that, okay, you may be an ally, but you are not part of the community. Like you wouldn't have those experiences necessarily that people within the community do. Yeah. Um, so I think those are my, my two points, is that allies need to understand that. Um, but that's just my personal opinion. I know there's sort of mixed opinions on that and how allies can be sort of useful. Yeah. Um, I also think it's quite hard to sometimes get an answer to this question because it, it's obviously a university, so we come to study here. So mm. you have a, this sort of student to professor relationship yeah and they're not necessarily always going to be there to give you the support you need except if you go and ask them and yeah. you seek that support which when you come to university or you're already a student you get assigned a personal tutor mm. which with that personal tutor you can have one-to-one -one conversations that are more of a personal level as yeah, well stuff that are happening in your life so as well seek that support from them mm. see the things that they can do because maybe me and Joe cannot specifically say because I know I didn't have these conversations of I need LGBT support or something like that from them. A hundred percent. So and maybe if I did, I would know what more they could have even offered Absolutely. Me. And definitely as sort of a, a white cis male identifying person, mm -hmm. it's within the community I am, I can sort of appreciate my own privilege and that actually I haven't faced a lot of other issues that a trans student or a non-binary student might face. Absolutely. And it's definitely, I think, finding in the university sort of those those support systems where if there are issues you know you can go to yeah. and I think it's as well as personal tutors obviously there is the student union and the LGBT site that there's a lot of different avenues so it's you never have to be alone with it so it's especially yeah let's say you're a, a trans or non-binary student if you didn't if you had an issue with a lecturer you can talk to the student union to get that support so it's not like just you on your own I was gonna, um, yeah, you touch upon a very interesting thing of... 
because not everything is sunshine and green, green grass, you know, no, you come and everybody's it's, supporting you. It's not all rainbow flags and exactly, glitter. yeah. And actually there are a lot of, yeah, a lot of different issues that different people in the community face. Mm. And it is, part of the time it's you have to realise your own privilege and know where to support. So a lot of the time, yeah, like I don't face as many issues as a, a person of colour who is queer might identify, yeah. like have, or especially sort of trans people of colour really are, face a lot more issues than I would. Mm. And it is, so although my experience at Greenwich might have been fantastic, other students might have had other issues which just I am not aware of. Yeah. So I think that it's a major issue which I think also people forget. And it's, students a lot of time will be like, oh, the, the, you've got gay marriage now, what more is there that's fa- mm. like facing the community? And you're like, okay, there's a lot. And it's, we are a community, we're in the sort of together. Yeah. And I think that's one of the main things that I think the uni's doing really well at is focusing on that intersectionality within the community. Yeah, I think there's internally into the university, I know with staff members, there's a Mm. lot of work happening between the BAME societies and Mm. the LGBT staff networks and um, other groups as well. But just to add to the point you made uh, is to any of the students is also speak up um, Mm. when if you hear something from anybody in the university, I would say that makes you uncomfortable because that's your personal experience. Again, I can speak only from my experience when... I was first here and I was obviously working through my own issues and mm. coming down here and there to a lot of my friends uh, and my group, then I would hear them say specific comments about gay teachers or other yeah. people. And immediately I would go back to my little box and I would be yeah. like, all of the bad thoughts that I have are coming through. Yeah. I'm not saying these people are homophobic, but clearly they're going to make a joke behind my back. I'm yeah. so scared of that. I'm not doing it. And so. It's- it's I think the use of language is so important. And actually, that's something else that people can do to be better allies, is actually, if you're seeing people use homophobic language, even if you know they're not actually homophobic, mm-hmm. just trying to use that sort of time to educate them and to... Or even just have that conversation to be like, why, why are you saying that? Do you not think it's... Yeah. Like, it's... The, the fight for sort of equality isn't only for LGBTQ people. Mm-hmm. And it's, we do need allies to help with that. Yeah. And it is in those conversations where it's, if you do hear someone say something, call them out. Like, Say it. it's not, I think people at the moment get worried about calling people out just due to cancel culture. And it's not necessarily calling them out to cancel them, but calling them out to educate them. Yeah. And I think it's, people are very aware of at the moment, like, oh, if I call them out, are people going to think I'm trying to cancel them? And it's like, no, you're just trying to get them to stop using homophobic language. Yeah. Or to... Because sometimes people, especially to have different upbringings, might have used a word which they might not even realise is homophobic or may not understand sort of connections, especially... Sorry, this is just complete, like, rabbit hole. <laughs> um, but using sort of, like, the HIV and AIDS stigma around gay men, people, some people don't understand that sort of connection of why that can be used in a homophobic way. But... And it's... So it's sometimes you might just need to educate them on why... Maybe don't say that HIV is the gay men's disease. Stuff like that. But yeah. They might not actually realise what they're saying. So it's... And a lot of the cases, it's exactly like that. Absolutely. A lot of the times, even in university, people make jokes. And it sounds Absolutely. very much like you're in high school, just some kids making jokes. Ha ha ha. Fun. In reality, for certain people, it doesn't sit like that. Absolutely. And that's not specific to the LGBT community either. I think every, every sort of minority has those things, which yeah. is people don't understand. And it's just using... 
using your platform to educate people and to try and make the just the atmosphere at Greenwich more sort of supportive is yeah. always a good way. Yeah. Let's go to something more fun. Yeah. So you do drag. I do. So I do, you're do drag, drag queen as well. I, yeah. On the, on the side, so you're an events management student. And full diva on the side, full time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's busy. Tell me about her. Should we say <laughs> um, her? Yeah, we can do. So I have I started drag when I was sixteen, I think. Our journeys are very different. Very different. Very different. <laughs> um, We're two cisgender male gays, but we have very very different, different paths. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I was definitely young. I think it was, yeah, like just before my 17th, I started mm. drag, um, which was when I was back home and it was when I got involved with Folkestone Pride. So my, my town was getting their first Pride event and I just started, it's actually how I also got into events management was through sort of helping at that Pride event. So it right. was nice to do Pride to My Disses. It was like a full circle full moment. Full circle moment. Um, the LinkedIn post down went very well. <laughs> uh, Oh, I like, so yeah, so I started then, um, so I sort of had been doing drag for around a year and a bit before I came to uni. Hmm. Um, and I'd What's got her name first? Miss Devour. Miss Devour. Yeah. Nice. Originally it was Elaine. Just Elaine? D- d- no, it was Elaine Devour. I've got no idea why. I think I was inspired by Elaine the Pain from Tracy Beaker. Right. Okay. I don't know. I quickly changed that because it was terrible. Sounds like um, Susan from Accounting. Elaine yeah. Devour. <laughs> and it's a bizarre time in my life. I changed it after literally, I think it was like six months, uh, to just Miss Devour. Because I was like, oh, it's slightly edgy. I like it. Mm. I don't know. Um, so then, uh, yeah, sort of came to uni very, like, ready to do gigs. I was like, moving to London, great drag scene in London. I had yeah. a few connections. Um, and I think I did my first... I, I've done quite a few gigs at the uni with the student union. Um specifically like with the feminist society and the LGBT society. I also in my first year started the drag society. Oh, you started it? Yeah, I started that when I was in my first year. I knew people who were... Did you? Dad. Yes. Like it only, it only lasted like two years because I couldn't find anyone to take it on when I went on my placement year. Right. So I sort of, it, it unfortunately died. Um, but that was really fun as well. Any student who wishes to yeah, bring if back you wanna, to Yeah, if you want to bring back the drag society, drop me an email. Um... But that was, so I, yeah, I've done quite a few gigs at Lower Deck, which are always, have always been really fun. And there's a few other queens in London sort of who've done quite a lot of them as well. Mm. Um, but it's just, it's fun and it's nice seeing sort of how I've evolved with drag and how that's changed. Like after lockdown, I realised I really liked my beard out of drag. So I was like, well, I'll keep it in drag as well. So then started doing like bearded looks and that sort of gave it a very new dynamic. And for me, the thing I love about drag is just the absolute destroying of gender stereotypes right and i think i've focused on that even more since i've kept the beard because it's people look like people look at you like what what is this like especially like walking down from my halls to the student union like i'll be walking down in full drag wig on beard and like walking past weatherspoons so how do you feel let's let's stop here how do you feel walking down the street in greenwich because our previous podcast we literally spoke about how is it to live in Greenwich? How I safe thought, is it in Greenwich? You know, anything the student might be interested in. How is it to walk a nice 20-minute walk down in Greenwich in full... Drag? Yeah, so I think from door to door, from mine to low deck is like 15 minutes. And so I wear glasses usually out of drag. But when I'm in drag, I don't wear them. 
So those 15 minutes are sort of me walking like half blind, which is always, right. I think it comes in handy because I do, I usually will end up on the, fu- like I'll call someone as I'm walking down just so that if I want anything happens, God forbid, I have someone on the phone. Right. Um, a lot of the time, sometimes I'll have someone with me and it's, I love it and I hate it because I love it just because I will know that people are looking at me thinking. Of course. L- thinking you look great, but also thinking what? Yeah. And it's the what reactions which I think are my favourite because it just makes people think. Um, so deep. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's completely deep attached to it. But it's, yeah, it is, and it, it is scary. Like, I won't lie. I've done that walk countless times out of drag and I never think, like, I wouldn't Even feel twice. unsafe on the way. Yeah. In drag is a different sort of energy because I'm thinking, okay, well, this is a very public display of queer culture. Hmm. Um... And it is, it's something to be openly queer. It is then very different to be a, suddenly a seven foot bloke in a wig and a dress, <laughs> essentially. And it is, depending on like the night of the week, it's like a Friday night walking past Spoons. That's the scariest bit for me, is walking past Spoons, round past the DLR. And after that bit, I'm fine. I have to say, as a, just a gay man, walking on a Friday around that yeah. spoons, I feel like everybody just knows I'm gay. Yeah. Like, I feel so, like it's in my mind, but I feel like everybody still is, like, just looking at me. Yeah. So it is, and a lot of the time, I've had the odd comment, you sort of yells at me before. Yeah. It's very, for me, it's like, while I'm in that zone, I'm there, like, I just march through. Hmm. Um, so, like, the gay power walk speed really comes in handy there. Just of running past them. Even in heels. I went, don't wear heels when walking there because oh, I would okay. fall over. Maybe um, that's why they're looking at you because just you're not wearing it, To be heels. fair, it's quite funny being in a full dress wig and then I'm in like my blue Adidas trainers. Yeah. And it, it's a complete disconnect. <laughs> maybe they're just like the look just doesn't look good. That could be. Maybe they're yeah. just judging the footwear. Maybe yeah. you're right. Um, but it's, yeah, it is fun. And I do sort of love, yeah, just destroying those gender stereotypes that a lot of people yeah. have. And I think especially with drag, there is a focus on gender stereotypes and it's sort of gender within that sort of realm it's a really interesting sort of platform to play with yeah um i think we need more of that oh we always need more drag at the yeah one of my assignments i did this year i did on drag and that was i did a please elaborate (laughs) so for one of my assignments uh i chose to do a vlog um and it was talking about like contemporary issues within events and we could pick the format of the vlog so I decided I was going to do a chat show and pretty much, in my head it was a mix between like Oprah Winfrey style interview with Graham Norton. Right. So I filmed myself twice, once out of drag being like the interviewer and then once in drag as the interviewee. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was hilarious. And it was so fun for me to be able to put that in, especially third year is stressful. For me that was just like, I could have fun with it. Yes. And... That was, yeah. I think that's the beauty of third year. A lot of students, when they come, they're very scared of the last year because it's obviously a lot of pressure. Yeah. But you feel, well, my experience seems like we had similar experience here. You feel so much more comfortable because you've sort of... Yeah, I've really... Like, you felt everything, you know, the teachers, you experiment with the work. Absolutely. And it was where I did the placement year as well. I think that helped even more because then I came back and I was like, I'm very ready to just do what I want to do. Yeah. Um... And it is, it's really bizarre because, yeah, I was terrified for third year. But then, like, my dissertation was so... Took up so much time that I also was like, oh, I just want to enjoy my other assignments. Yeah. Which is a really weird, like, idea of enjoying an assignment. But that, I honestly love doing. 
if you have the freedom to do it. Exactly. Especially you would not think, but because events management falls under obviously the business school. Mm. Again, you would not think that if you're studying in a business school, you can do an assignment in drag. Absolutely. And I remember when I first thought of it, I spoke to my lecturer and was like, this is what I'm thinking. I want to do it in drag. Is that all right? And they both looked at me and were like, absolutely, please do that. Yeah. Like, that would be really fun to watch. It's yeah. really uniquely done. Uh, and it was. It was something that I could really put my creativity into. And I think because I'd thought so much about it and really was getting enjoying it so much, it made the actual assignment better as well. Because yeah. it's like, I put more time in, in, into it, did that research beforehand to really make it like an academically strong assignment as well. Because obviously the format I was delivering in was very casual. Mm-hmm. Like me sat on the sofa and a, a huge purple wig. Like it was very casual. Um, but it was so much fun. And I was really pleased that I had sort of that, the support of lecturers and just the systems from the uni to sort of facilitate me doing that. So thank you so much, Joe. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Do you want to send some final words to our students? Oh, thanks for having me. I think my, my last pearl of wisdom, I'll say, uh, is just remember that you're not alone. There is loads of support systems. And hopefully I think we're moving in the right direction with shows like Heartstopper and all of that coming out there. Actually, being a queer student will soon be even better than it is now. So, But always remember, yeah, you're not alone, I guess. That's very true. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much. (laughs) And thank you for everybody for listening again. Check us out and follow us on Instagram at GRE Business, where you will find a highlight at the top of our feed with links to what we have talked about today. Thank you so much again for coming back and we'll speak next time. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music. Subscribe to never miss an episode. 